Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Folks, we're going on grid. This is Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today on this Friday, we wrap up our shows this week with some of the interviews that we had on the program, as well as update you on the managerial situation on the Red Sox, the latest in fantasy baseball and everything in the NBA, as well as Fantasy Sports Today for this Friday starts now. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Good morning. Welcome in Fantasy Sports Today. It is February 7, 2020. I am Craig Mish along with Frank Stample. we got the latest in fantasy baseball for you here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, of course, on Sports Grid, on radio, and soon to be on television. Thank you so much for making us your choice for this Friday. Chris Pavona, as always, producing the show. And we have a lot to get to on this program today, including a historical perspective as to what your fantasy baseball team may have looked like 10 years ago. That was a long time ago. Frank was uh, eight years old at the time. He wasn't really into fantasy at that time. But, Frank, uh, welcome to another show this morning. How is your Friday going thus far? Friday's going very well. Happy Friday to you, Craig Mish. Uh, went to the Knicks game last night. That was a lot of fun. My fiance caught a shirt during the t-shirt toss. The Knicks won a game, which is crazy. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. We're off to a great start. Here to talk uh, fantasy baseball and everything else going on in the world of sports today. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well. Looking forward to seeing the Boston Red Sox uh, you know, sort of put some things behind them as far as the scandal is concerned. I guess this trade is still held up. Uh, but it looks like, according to a lot of the reports I'm seeing here, Ron Renneke is going to be the next manager of the Red Sox. They're also saying there's a possibility of Carlos Febles uh, with a, a chance to be the manager. But it looks like they're going to bring in someone within their organization. That certainly will be met with a lot of controversy as well. We'll get to all that and more here on the show. This is Fantasy Sports Today, and coming up, we're going to tell you everything that's going on in our world of fantasy and reality with Dan Strafford. He's got the Sports Grid update, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Sports Grid News Update. Well, Craig, as you said, according to Peter Abraham and other reports, Abraham from the Boston Globe, the Red Sox are planning to name bench coach Ron Renecki as manager, but are waiting for Major League Baseball to conclude its investigation into the 2018 team before making any announcement. We'll wait to see if that comes to fruition. It would seem he'll be without superstar Mookie Betts on this Boston Red Sox squad, but as of right now, he has yet to be dealt, as you alluded to, Craig, John Heyman is reporting the talks will continue today between at least the Red Sox and Twins. According to Heyman, there's obvious urgency here, and all three teams are motivated to complete the, quote, Mookie Mega deal, end quote. He also notes, as did Ken Rosenthal, that movement has been 
been slow. Boston is now believed to be looking for a second prospect in return. Steve Cohen is out as a potential owner of the New York Mets. Talks fell apart earlier this week. Reports are out that the team will now hit the market for potential bidders. After the variety of trades on Thursday's NBA trade deadline, there will be questions around who plays and when. As they suit up for their new squads, the Miami Heat picked up three new players from the Memphis Grizzlies, including Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala, and Solomon Hill, but will most likely be without Jimmy Butler Friday night. He's likely out with a shoulder injury. Some of the top games in the NBA tonight. We have some good matchups and some poor ones, but... We'll make our way through. You have the Houston Rockets and Phoenix Suns. A 234 over-under should be a high-paced game there. The Oklahoma City Thunder host the Andre Drummondless. Detroit Pistons, 215 over-under. Minus 13 favorite for the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Pacers host the Toronto Raptors, 218 over-under in that one. This one has flipped from minus one for the Pacers at open to now minus one for the Toronto Raptors. Those Atlanta Hawks mentioning Dwayne Dedman there now. Clint Capella still out with that heel injury. They take on the Boston Celtics in Boston. I'm Dan Straffron. This has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, thanks very much, Dan. And we'll hear from Dan next hour as we have our Sports Grid update every top of the hour, by the way, a couple of minutes after our show begins and uh, give you the latest on everything going on in sports. So, uh, it, it looks like, Frank, for the most part, nothing will change for Boston, uh, at least if this report, if these reports are correct, and I would su- suspect that they are, that must uh, seem to believe that they, the Red Sox are not all overly that concerned with whatever suspensions may be coming. Houston took a little bit more of evasive action, firing their manager uh, and firing their general manager, despite even the suspension. If the Red Sox are just basically promoting somebody from within, I suppose that this is completely different than like Dusty Baker being brought in from outside, right? Yeah, I would say so as well. And we had uh, Dan Shaughnessy on the Fantasy BFFs the other day, and he said uh, he suspected that the Red Sox would um, be skeptical of promoting someone from within the organization for the reasons you just mentioned. So uh, it is interesting. Uh, perhaps you know they're not as worried about uh, how they're going to uh, handle this uh, investigation and, and what kind of suspensions they're going to get. But uh, look, Ron Renicki does have some co- uh, managerial experience with the Milwaukee Brewers. He's been there before. He's been the bench coach with the team for a while. But I, I think it is a little surprising that they go from within uh, rather than bring somebody else from outside. I know they interviewed Mark Kotze, uh, but they never formally offered him anything there um i don't know this is uh this is pretty pretty interesting that they're they're hiring from within uh considering everything that's happened between both them and the uh the houston astros yeah and i suppose that when we unpack all of the info after the weekend on monday we'll come back and i'm sure have not only the manager of the boston red sox information on that but also information on the trade that seems to be held up at this point uh, because of uh, the health of the pitcher that the Red Sox are getting in the deal, uh, Gratterall. So we'll see on Monday. I'm sure it'll get done in some way. There's no way they're not going to let this happen, and they're not going to let Mookie Betts go back to Boston, I don't think, so I wouldn't suspect that. Uh, a couple of other just quick notes here, a couple of signings to start off the show with this morning, Frank, in uh, in fantasy. Boy, this was really surprising, but then I went back and I looked at defensively. I didn't realize that Domingo Santana, uh, with all due respect to Domingo Santana, if he's listening, which I highly doubt, was arguably one of the worst defensive left fielders in all of baseball last year. I had no idea. I mean, it's just like one of those things where we follow fantasy. Uh, Frank's on the East Coast. I'm on the East Coast. Were we watching Domingo Santana play for the Mariners every day in left field? No. Uh, I didn't know. That was like the main reason why they just completely let him go. And it shouldn't, I guess, come as a surprise at this point, that he basically got a one-year, $1 million contract with the Indians. So they'll plunk him in left field, at least for the time being. He could be a DH as well. 
Uh, he got off to that great start last year, Frank, and then everyone was, you know, doing that victory lap. Oh, my gosh, I said Domingo Santana was going to be great. And then, of course, the wheels fell off in the second half of the season. But goes to Cleveland, gives them an extra bat, and essentially on a very cheap deal. So really no risk here, I don't think, from Cleveland. Yeah, how do you like your meat here, Craig? Because this guy's a butcher in the outfield. He's dreadful. He's very, very bad out there. So uh, I think that's why he, you see him only land the $1 million deal here with the Cleveland Indians. Uh, I suspect, you know, that means one of Jake Bowers or Greg Allen's going to move to the bench there as well. Uh, but look, from an offensive standpoint, right now, Domingo Santana is going pick 417 in NFBC ADP. He is free. There's no doubt that that's going to climb now that he has a job. Uh, and this Cleveland Indians lineup is, you know, if you look at the top five, six guys, it's not a bad lineup. It's a pretty good lineup there. So he's going to hit in the middle of that. Uh, and he got hurt last year uh, in the month of August. He ended up uh, with an elbow injury, that, which basically shut him down for the rest of the season. But through July 31st, I looked this up right before the show, Craig, 271 batting average, 820 OPS, yeah. 21 home runs, 67 RBI, seven stolen bases, a 9% walk rate. He's always had a decent eye at the plate. He does strike out too much, 30% strikeout rate during that span as well. But look, if you get 20 to 23 homers out of this guy, you know, a 250 batting average, seven stolen bases as, you know, what, your fourth, fifth outfielder in a Roto League? I don't think that's terrible. So uh, I think there's a lot of value to be had right now with Domingo Santana. Yeah, and, and again, he's, he's a free player, as Frank mentioned, in the NFBC. Uh, you know, I'm sure that this is going to be in the 300s somewhere by the end of next week once this starts to normalize out. But a guy that really had a good first half, I don't think full-time playing time is going to be there for him this year, and I think that they'll move things around, which obviously gets to our, our next discussion, and we'll probably talk about him some more. I, I kind of like to check on this uh, in on this story once a week, Frank, because it's, it is kind of fascinating. As I said on the show a couple of days ago, it wouldn't surprise me if Yasiel Puig played one game. It wouldn't surprise me if he played 162. It wouldn't surprise me if he played none. Uh, this was a spot, Frank, for Yasiel Puig. You know, he played with the Indians. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things where you look at him and you say, why is he still not signed? Nobody really knows the answer. There's just huge risk at this point. I think Santana takes Puig's uh, spot. Yeah, and Puig has a ton of talent. There's no denying that. But, you know, everything from the mental aspect of the game the past couple of years, wanting to brawl with people, you know, it scares people off. And it doesn't surprise me that he probably overvalues himself as well. I saw a few people in the industry talking about him uh, last night. Uh, someone said that they took him at, at pick 131 in a mock draft and then and then put up a poll uh, asking everyone, you know, is that a good value? Uh, and 30% say just right. So I know we spoke about this the other day about where should Yasiel Puig go right now if that's a 15 team draft pick 131 that's if my math is correct that's like the eighth ninth round we, we were talking about not even considering him in the 10th round so people no, think, think that it's, it's okay value. to take him yeah. in rounds 9 10 right now which is just it's absolutely crazy and we spoke about this the other day uh, i think we need a spring training injury for uh, yasiel puig to latch on with someone yeah and, and and look it's not that he can't get a one-year one million dollar deal frank he could have done that today with cleveland and he could have signed with the White Sox, and he could have went to the Reds. They've already all made their moves. The Marlins have made their moves too. So Puig, not knowing what in the world is going on, would it stun you at this point for him to just say, you know what, bleep it, I'm just, I, I'm worth what I'm worth, and I'm not going to play? Wouldn't shock me at all to see him sign in June, you know? And so you have to really exercise caution with this guy going into the fantasy season. And just to make the assumption that something all of a sudden is just going to happen, it certainly could. 
and it may not. That's who you're dealing with here. Three up, three down is next on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank back with you in just a couple of minutes. We'll touch on everything going on in fantasy and reality. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Misch and Frank Stanford. up must come down three up three down what does three up and three down mean to you airman end of an inning welcome in fantasy sports today time for a little three up three down here on the show as craig and frank are capping off our first week of shows here on fantasy sports today how would you how would you grade us chris bavona on our show so far Monday a plus baby We've heard a plus, my gosh! Wow, Bavona giving the high grades out here on the show. Chris, you've been part of Sports Grid for how long? Five years, something like that. I have been here since 2016. So Ten yeah, years? about <laughs> it feels like it. Sometimes years? it definitely feels like it. No, I've been here uh, about five years. Okay, five years. So and and so you've heard a lot of shows. First week of shows for for our first week, you're you're grading us as an A plus. I honestly, you guys have been excellent together. I think. Um, I think for the I think for the most part, you guys really have a good chemistry, um, especially with baseball season coming along. That both of you are very knowledgeable uh, in fantasy baseball, and I mean, yeah, I'm listen. I, I'm setting the bar high and saying that you guys start with an A plus because I'm thinking you guys can keep it at an A plus. Yeah, I I, uh, I was hoping you would give us like a B or a B plus because there's always something we can do better, you know. I was kind of hoping for like a, a little bit. There's all listen. Even even an A plus student can find something uh, wrong. Uh, I'm pretty satisfied, Chris, with an A plus. To be honest with you, I'm going home and I'm asking my parents for a car, or uh, <laughs> you know, or uh, or Dunkaroos, or something like that. Uh, how do how do you feel, Let's Frank? Go. So Dunkaroos. far, so good. One, yeah, one weekend, you're good, Mr. Frank. Yeah, I, I'm I'm having a lot of fun here. The FanDuel Sportsbook. We're here talking fantasy baseball, of course, man. Look, I would probably have put it up B, B plus myself as well. Just because That's you said I'm it saying. at an A yeah. plus, Craig, the only place we can go is down, right? Or I guess we could just continue to be the best around. The best around. Yeah. All right, let's get started here. Uh, three up, three down. Now, this is one I know that's very hard to believe to start off with. And, and I got to be honest with you here. For anybody who knows me personally, you probably don't trust what I'm about to say. But as it pertains to me hosting on radio, I'm very transparent and honest with everything. Okay, now maybe some other stuff I'm not. But with this, I definitely am. Now, last night, all of a sudden, Frank, my son starts asking me about what is fantasy baseball. Now, keep in mind, he knows that I've been doing this for, I mean, he's seven, so he knows that I've been doing this for years and years and years. And so I introduced him last night for the first time, unsolicited completely, to, uh, you know, to ESPN's easy mock drafting, right? Like, it's very easy. If you have an account, you can go on there and just click mock and you start draft. And all morning long and last night, that's all he's doing is he's mock drafting in fantasy. Now, okay, you know, he ends up with all the Marlins players on his team, and I understand that. You know, that's part of it. He's very young. 
Uh, but I would say that there's there's a chance that he may be in a fantasy baseball league this year, which is actually nuts to think that that could be the case. So uh, I'll start off with that here on the show. Very proud that my son is following in my footsteps of, of joining an industry, making no money and, and playing fantasy baseball. All right. Uh, second uh, on the trending up here, Hank Aaron uh, says in an interview that all the players who were in the cheating scandal of the Houston Astros, etc., um, should be banned permanently. Did you hear me? Permanently from baseball. Now, that is a little bit extreme. Hank Aaron also very, very strong on all the steroid guys, too. I get it. Hank played the game the right way. He had his home run title taken away by Barry Bonds. Uh, permanently a little strong for me, a little bit more than what it was. Certainly possible. I'm on board with that. Uh, I don't think anybody gets – everyone deserves a second chance, you know? Like, everybody everybody makes a mistake. We're all human. Uh, maybe the Astros aren't owning up to it the way that we all want them to. Maybe the players could have been suspended for a year or for a month or for a week. Yeah, I mean, I get all that. Lifetime, uh, Hammer and Hank, I get you. I respect you. A little bit too long on that for me. And then finally, last night, news broke that there's going to be a Friends reunion show. After two weeks ago, they said that there would be no Friends reunion show. So I guess money talks. Frank, we're looking at about $3, 4000000 million per actor on the reunion show for one show. That will debut on HBO Max within the next year because HBO Max is taking over all of the Friends shows. And that is what's trending up for me. What do you got? Yeah, I'm going to move over to the Boston Red Sox. Uh, I saw a video of Chris Sale throwing, quote, with a little bit of zip earlier today, playing catch with uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, his rotation mate there. Uh, and obviously Chris Sale is going to be under a microscope for all of pitchers and catchers, for all of spring training. People want to see what's going on with the elbow, the velocity, uh, because obviously he's a very uh, polarizing player going early in fantasy baseball drafts in that second, third round range. So everyone's going to be paying close attention to that, I am sure. Uh, and then yesterday, the Knicks traded away Marcus Warris to the Los Angeles Clippers, and they got a first and a second round pick in return. The New York Knicks now have seven first round picks in their next four drafts. Now, I don't know if I could have ever said that at any point in my lifetime. So say what you want about the Knicks, but it seems like, it seems like until they probably trade away all these draft picks for a 35 year old, I don't know, a 38 year old LeBron James in a couple of years. Uh, this is the first time in a long time that it seems like they're doing things the right way uh, and trying to build through the draft. My last trending up item that I have here, uh, and I might be a little late on this because I know they had a Super Bowl commercial uh, regarding around Pickle Rick and, and Rick and Morty. Uh, there are pickle-flavored Pringles that are either out now or being released. This comes according to producer Danny Okers. Once again, he helps me out with my pop culture uh, because I live under a rock, Craig. Uh, but uh, if anybody out there is into the whole pickle thing, God bless you. Uh, you have now pickle-flavored Pringles, uh, but I am not one of those people. Craig, are you one of those uh, uh, avid pickle fans that will, I don't know, eat anything pickle-related? I, I saw a sandwich no. the other day where the, the sandwich, Ooh. the bread was not bread. It was pickles. The bread of the sandwich was pickles, Craig. What Ugh. is going on? Oh, my gosh. No, I'm out on that. Ugh. Just making sure. I mean, <laughs> Me I'm too. getting hungry for lunch and you're ruining my appetite. All right. I'm uh, sorry. Oof, I don't know how I go from there. All right. Uh, trending down. I'm still waiting in the background, Frank, by the way, to hear. Anyway. Okay. Uh, trending down here. We got the Mets back to square one on selling the team. Uh, this guy, Cohen, apparently is out of it. Uh, what a shame for the Mets. They were having all this optimism. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. The Mets are really, I think, in a pretty good spot. They've got a good team. 
They won 80-plus games last year. They should be better this year. Their payroll is not low. It's pushing $200 million. I get it. It's the Mets. There's always that risk, but... It is kind of sad to see somebody that had a passion for the game be out of selling, and so the Wilpons continue to move on. Uh, also trending down for me, why are we still talking about this J-Lo and Shakira halftime show? I don't get it. Like, it was fine. The show, Like, I, I don't get all crazy about the halftime show, but we're sitting here on Friday, and there's still, like, debate randomly about it. Like, was it good? Was it bad? And a debate about the women? Like, isn't it time to move on from this already? Like, I, I, I don't know. But everywhere I turn, like, every, you know, some somebody's talking about it. And, you know, for me, it's like, I'm, I'm over it already. It's done. The halftime show was fine. It was good. They had two women. They did a great job. Is there, is there anything left? I mean, were, were we ever talking about another halftime show outside of the whole uh, Timberlake Janet Jackson one for weeks and months? I feel like this is just a lightning rod for discussion. And then finally, now look, I, I, I wanna I wanna put a little caveat here on this one because if you can still get your hustle on at 75 years old, 76 years old, you should do it. And by all accounts, the Rolling Stones still put on a very good show. From everybody that I talk to. Now I have not seen them in concert in ten years, maybe twenty. Uh, but they just announced yesterday, Frank, that they're going back on tour. Mick Jagger, he's seventy-six years old. Keith Richards is 76 years old. Ronnie Wood is 72 years old. And so uh, God bless him for continuing to uh, put on these concerts. Uh, but I, I, I think I am done donating to the Rolling Stones fund. Uh, the Billy Joel fund has taken all my money now for the last decade. Uh, 76 years old, Mick Jagger. 76, Keith Richards, Frank. Are you in on a Rolling Stones concert at this point? Oh, I'm definitely not in on a Rolling Stones concert. I don't mind listening to a few of their uh, hits, obviously. Uh, but as you mentioned earlier in the show, I'm only 18 years old, so I'm not really familiar much with uh, the Rolling Stones here. Uh, but, you know, it reminds me of Ozzy Osbourne, right? Ozzy Osbourne's still out there doing stuff. He's like 71 years old. You hear him talking like, hey, 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 Craig Mish, what's going on? And then when he gets on stage... You wouldn't even think anything's wrong with the guy. He just sings like, you know, like he's 40 years old again. It's it's absolutely insane. I actually have seen Ozzy Osbourne in concert, so uh, I can actually vouch for that one. My trending down topics here, Craig, uh, with Domingo Santana reportedly joining the Indians. I mentioned this earlier as well. Uh, one of Jake Bowers or Greg Allen moves to the bench uh, and... It seems like just yesterday we were talking about Jake Bowers as this uh, prospect for the Tampa Bay Rays, and since then he's been traded to the Cleveland Indians. Last year he had a dreadful season. He can't hit lefties. Uh, so, yeah, things are definitely looking uh, trending down for uh, one of Jake Bowers or Greg Allen or potentially both. Uh, so I, I suspect those guys will lose playing time this upcoming season uh, in 2020. Here's a trending down topic for you, Craig. You can now buy a one-pound shaker of Kraft macaroni and cheese powder. Now, I love mac and cheese as much as the next millennial, right? Especially Kraft mac and cheese. But to be able to buy a shaker, a one-pound shaker that is basically just the powder of Kraft mac and cheese, I mean, this we're getting back to the pickle discussion now. It's like, come yeah. on, man. Yeah, like, you're who, getting hungry. Who's you're putting, supposed to be hungry today. Who's putting who's putting crab mac and cheese powder? Like, yeah, I get the Parmesan cheese thing. Like, I love Parmesan cheese too. But like, we're really just putting Kraft mac and cheese powder on anything that we're eating, just like on your sandwich. Uh, I love mac and cheese, but I'm out on that idea. Uh, and then the last trending yeah. down topic: uh, two new Transformers movies 
Um, haven't we seen enough of the Transformers movies? I think I've only seen like the first or the second one. And look, uh, they're, they're pretty much all the same thing at this point, right? It's just a bunch of explosions, things blowing up. And you've seen one Transformer movie, you've seen them all, basically. I guess the one saving grace is these are going to be like the Beast Wars versions of Transformers. But uh, I'm out on Kraft Mac and Cheese powder, just putting that on anything outside of Mac and Cheese. Uh, and we can move on from Transformers as well. I don't think we need two more movies here, Craig. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, you gave a lot of good uh, things that I want no part of for sure. Although, uh, you know, <laughs> having some powder and uh, and mac and cheese for Bavona before a show may lift his spirits a little bit. I don't know. It's, it sounded right up uh, right up uh, Bavona's alley. All right, uh, coming up next, it's time for the 2020 fantasy baseball draft historical look back. Would you believe who we were taking 10 years ago? Oh my gosh, you have no idea. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Frank Stanford here on the show. Looks like this Mookie Betts trade is uh, coming to a close shortly. And so hopefully by the end of the day, uh, the BFF show can uh, break down the finality of this and some uh, mac and cheese and everything else that you and Greg Sussman will be ready to talk about. Those guys are coming up at 3 o'clock Eastern. Frank Stamfel gets in a hot air balloon from New Jersey, and, uh, and they blow that thing all the way to um, the studios in New York, and then he hosts for another hour. And then what do you do after that, Frank? Are you done for the day at that point, or is there like some other show that you – that you do uh today i will basically be done after that uh could clip some stuff for bffs and help around uh, the pit whatever else these guys might need help with but uh normally uh greg and i head on over to msg whenever the knicks are playing we do a betting segment uh as part of the knicks pregame uh through the fanduel sportsbook as well so um if the knicks were playing we would be doing that but they are not on today so uh after bffs is over pretty much done Let's it's go. Weekend Happy time. weekend. What are, the, what, what are the big plans for the, for the uh, Stanford weekend the extravaganza? I have absolutely nothing planned tonight, and, which is great because my fiance is going out to a birthday party. So I'm basically going to sit in my house, probably watch that A.J. Hinch interview, uh, and then study fantasy baseball for the rest of the night. I can't think of anything else I'd rather do on a Friday night. Uh, and then tomorrow, going out for brunch, I'm going out to like a 90s-themed birthday party. So I bought uh, one of the hats from... White Man Can't Jump that Wesley Snipes was wearing in that movie. I, I bought one of those hats, and I will be wearing that tomorrow night. I'll take a picture. I'll send it to you, Craig. Uh, maybe we can get it up on the show as well. Uh, and then Thank Sunday, you. I'm back I'm back in the in Studio 34 uh, hosting Diamond Bets from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. with Joe Pizzapia. So that's what we got up for the weekend. How about you, Craig? All right, great. Uh, yeah, so, so after the show is over, not even when the show is over, unfortunately for today, uh, I'm going to be heading over to an event where some of the Marlins players are. I got to do some interviews 
with uh, with a couple of the players. And so I'm going to knock that out around uh, 1 o'clock today. Uh, VR, Aguilar, Kemp, hopefully. And so I'll use those for not only this show, but also for my podcast as well. Uh, then I come back here uh, to my house, and I'll host the Fantasy Alarm slash Wager Alarm uh, Baseball Win Totals live stream tonight at 8 o'clock. We did the American League on Wednesday. We got the National League tonight at 8. Tomorrow morning, a Little League practice from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern. A uh, We'll come back to the house, chill for a little bit, and then head down to uh, the Marlins Park for the Fan Fest, the 2020 Fan Fest. And then that's it. That's a wrap. And then Sunday will just be a chill day for me, Frank. So, I mean, action-packed, I guess, tonight and tomorrow, and then a relaxing Sunday. Awesome. Yeah, get it done today. you got some big boy stuff going on, uh, interviewing some Marlins players today. Uh, do you look forward to the Fan Fest every year? Like, do they do anything crazy at the Marlins Fan Fest? It's, it's always fine, you know? Like, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, there, there's a lot of people. It is free. And it's and, and the fan fest is more for for my son actually than it is you know, really for me. It's but yeah, I mean it's good. I mean I'm curious to see some of the new things that they have going on. I'm always you know curious about th- that sort of stuff. But it's really for my son. And then when he gets tired and he's done with it, then we come home. That's it. He likes to take the pictures and get autographs and do all that stuff. So we are very well prepared for that. That'll be tomorrow. It's three to seven. I'm I'm hoping we could get a, a solid two three hours in. Okay, so this is 2020. If you didn't know. And back in 2010, in case you were wondering, maybe you weren't, I love to take historical deep dives into what fantasy baseball looked like, not just two, three, or four years ago, but 10 years ago. Frank, the first round of fantasy baseball 10 years ago, uh, really incredible to think um, who was there. So uh, the consensus first pick overall was Albert Pujols, and Pujols was the first pick in fantasy, very similar to Mike Trout for, I, I want to say, about five years. Pujols was the first pick overall. Uh, Hanley Ramirez of the Florida Marlins was the consensus ADP2 overall. He was coming off a fantastic season. Uh, I think he led the league in hitting. He was stealing all kinds of bases. He was, I mean, people thought that this guy was going to be a Hall of Famer and a superstar, and his career just basically bottomed out once he left uh, the Marlins and went to Boston. Uh, A-Rod was the third pick overall. A-Rod was a a perennial 40 home run, 100 RBI guy. I believe this was the last time A-Rod was picked very high in a fantasy draft. Uh, Ryan Braun, of course, was the National League MVP. He was the fourth pick overall. Chase Utley was a rock-solid 30 home run, 100 RBI guy at second base. He was ADP 5. Tim Lincecum was the first pitcher off the board. Lincecum's uh, career also fizzled out pretty quickly after this. Miguel Cabrera was very easy to take in the top 10. He was 30, 100. A couple of years later, he would go on to uh, hit the Triple Crown. Matt Kemp uh, from the Dodgers was the runner-up to Ryan Braun. And Kemp, for four or five years, was also a top guy taken in fantasy, was stealing bases, hitting home runs. And then Mark Teixeira, Frank, uh, capped off the top 10. This was an era where fantasy first basemen were basically leading the charge. This was kind of post-steroid era. We were you know, kind of fading away from that. But it's really – I think it's fun to go back and look at the guys that we had 10 years ago on our fantasy teams. 
And you know what's crazy? I looked into Albert Pujols uh, just the other day, and he's still playing, you know, maybe not as much as he used to, and he's not the player that he once was, certainly, uh, but he's 40 years old. He still drove in 93 RBI last year, which is just insane to me. He only played 131 games, but I guess, you know, in a lineup that features Mike Trout, and now they have Anthony Rendon. Look, I'm not endorsing drafting Albert Pools. I'm just saying the guy still had 23 home runs and 93 RBI last year, which is crazy because most of the other players that you're talking about on this list are either out of baseball, have been out of baseball for years, have been broadcasting baseball for years, like Alex Rodriguez, also dating J-Lo, if you want to get back to the uh, Super Bowl halftime show while we're at it. You know what really stands out to me here, Craig? Only one pitcher, Tim Lincecum, in the top 10 back in 2010, that's very different than, you know, I guess this year we have two pitchers inside the top ten, but we legitimately have, you know, four pitchers that are going in the first round and certainly a bunch that are going inside the first two or three rounds. Uh, so I guess that probably stands out to me as the biggest difference. Uh, and also that the first base position has really kind of dropped off, you know. We have a few sluggers at the top. Obviously, uh, Cody Bellinger is still first base eligible, but he plays outfield. The first base posi- position this year is not nearly as, uh, you know, talented or, you know, has the star power as it once did uh, when you look back a decade ago, back in 2010. So those were a few things that really stood out to me here. Yeah. Were you, were you drafting? Were you playing fantasy at that time, Frank? Yeah, so the first year that I did fantasy baseball was in 2009. That was actually when I was a senior in high school. I don't remember who I drafted the following year. I always feel like you, you don't forget your first draft. And I do remember that uh, on my first uh, team ever back in 2009, I had, uh, I had Roy Halladay, may he rest in peace, uh, and Dan Harron basically leading the charge back when Dan Harron was uh, in the, on the Diamondbacks. And uh, he was phenomenal that season. I remember both of those pitchers were great for me. Uh, and the first hitter on my team that year was Ryan Zimmerman, and he was great. He was like a you know 30 home run guy uh, basically every single year around that time. So uh, you never forget your first, Craig. So I remember my 2009 draft, but I cannot tell you who I was drafted back in 2010. I was drafting. I just can't tell you who. Yeah, no, it's really it's hard because there's so many players, and, and bringing up the player pool is, is always fun. Uh, also in the top 150 ADP, uh, Ichiro was number 35 overall in, in ADP. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, this was going into his first full season. His ADP was 61. Think about Clayton Kershaw, what his ADP from 2011 all the way through 2018 was. What was his ADP? Six? Seven? And this was 61. Uh, ADP 56 overall. Here's a name that would be surprising to some. Brian Roberts. Remember Brian Roberts from the Baltimore Orioles? He was coming off unbelievable seasons, 40 doubles, 50 doubles, 50 doubles. Uh, 2009, Roberts had an on-base percentage 35%, 74 walks, 16 home runs, 79 RBIs. But guess what? That was Roberts' last great season. He was a complete fantasy bust uh, every year after that season that he was drafted in 2009. Uh, Chipper Jones, uh, Frank, toward the end of his career. Remember Chipper, of course, Hall of Famer. His ADP was still top 196. Uh, and also and also in the top one, uh, 150, I, get, I bet you wouldn't have gotten this one. Uh, Niger Morgan was a top 150 player in fantasy baseball. You may say, how is that possible? How, did, how was Niger Morgan a top 150 player? Well, uh, his 2000... And uh, 10 season, 2009 season, he was a prospect. He was coming up. His, bat- his batting average was 351. His OBP 
was 40%, almost a 400 on base percentage. Everyone thought that this guy, guy was going to be the next, like, 30-30 guy. Uh, 2010, Frank, no home runs. Um, yeah, uh, 17 caught stealing, 253 batting average. I don't know how this was happening, but it was. It was true. Uh, Frank, uh, give uh, take a stab at this one. Which player was in the 2010 fantasy baseball draft that has the highest ADP in 2020? So I, I thought about this before the show here, uh, and it has to be Justin Verlander, right, I would imagine? Yes, that's correct. Good call. Yep. There you go. And you know what's interesting? Clayton Kershaw, you brought up the 61 ADP that he had back in 2010. Craig, I'll throw one back your way. What would you say that Clayton Kershaw's NFBC ADP is in the month of February? Uh, in the 40s? 58. So in 10 years, his ADP uh, has dropped, uh, has gone up actually three spots. So obviously there's a lot of fluctuation, a lot of years where he was a first round pick. Uh, but it's crazy to imagine, right? Like that's when he was first really kind of breaking into the big leagues uh, back in 2010. And he had an ADP of 61. Uh, now this year, 10 years later, 2020, uh, Clayton Kershaw's NFBC ADP in the month of February uh, is right around 58. So there you go. A decade goes by, but uh we still have Clayton Kershaw. Same old Clay- Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, st- st- uh, things stay the same. Kind of funny. Um, anyway, we'll do historical dives every once in a while. Look back at previous fantasy drafts as we did today. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll find out if some players can rebound in fantasy baseball off subpar years. Don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We'll try and get Craig Mish back here in a moment. We were just talking about the players that were being drafted 10 years ago uh, back in uh, 2010 and what that first-round ADP looked like. Uh, A lot of interesting names there. The one that really stood out to me was Tim Lincecum. Man, what a fall from grace we saw from Tim Lincecum. Uh, Obviously, the way that he pitched, uh, just it was – bound to happen. It almost felt like it was bound to happen, that some kind of injury was going to take place or we were going to lose some kind of velocity there. But only one starting pitcher going in the top 10 uh, this time in 2010 when we were doing fantasy baseball drafts. Uh, And you know what? This year we have Garrett Cole and we have Jacob deGrom going inside of the top, you know, six, seven picks according to NFBC ADP. Uh, And coming up in hour two, Craig's going to take off. He's got, you know, business to attend to. He's going to go, in, uh, he's going to go interview some Miami Marlins players. Uh, but I will be joined by 
Matt Modica of The Athletic, my, my good buddy, uh, a fantastic fantasy baseball mind, someone who joined us regularly on the Fantasy BFFs. Uh, last season we had Modica Mondays. So, you know, whenever Craig has to go out on, on assignment, uh, I will try to get my, my friend Matt Modica here on the show. Uh, and he just dropped his top 36 starting pitcher rankings over at the Athletics, so I'm going to pick his brain on that. But I know that he is someone who actually endorses taking uh, that starting pitcher ace in the first five or six picks, whether it's a Garrett Cole, whether it's a Jacob deGrom. But he does not have the obvious top five or six starting pitchers that everybody else does. Yes, he has Justin Verlander in that mix. Yes, he has Max Scherzer, but... Matt is very high on Mike Clevenger's upcoming season, like many people are in the fantasy baseball industry. So I'm going to pick his brain a little bit on why he has Mike Clevenger as high as he does uh, this upcoming season. And a few other names. I believe he has Max Fried inside of his top 25. And I think we're already starting to see uh, a ripple effect. A lot of people read Matt's work, uh, and they... You know, we, we kind of see ADP and, and things change based on uh, what people like Matt Wright and what they put out there on Twitter. So uh, we're going to pick his brain here coming up in hour two. I know for this segment, Craig wanted to talk a lot about uh, rebound players for 2020. So uh, while we try and get Craig Mish back here on the air, Fantasy Sports Today, I'm just going to run through a few of these names that he had written down uh, and kind of give you my thoughts on these upcoming players for the 2020 season. And I think one of the most obvious rebound candidates this season, who's going at around the turn, you get them you know, late first, early second round, uh, pull up the NFBC ADP right now, and that is uh, Jose Ramirez, who is being drafted at pick 17.9 in the month of February. Obviously, Ramirez is a very polarizing player as well. He was being drafted inside the top five picks last year, someone that you thought that you can count on as a 30 home run, 30 stolen base threat, Uh, someone who we had seen the batting average start to creep down a little bit the past couple of seasons uh, as he started to lift the ball more and try and hit home runs, but really just cratered last season. The first three months through June 30th, Jose Ramirez, a 214 batting average, 12% 12% walk rate, 12.6% strikeout rate. So he's still walking a lot, uh, and he's still making a ton of contact. The problem, five home runs. Just five home runs with the juice ball through the first three months of the season from Jose Ramirez. He did save himself and sa- save his fantasy owners somewhat because he was still running. He had 18 stolen bases during this span. The hard contact, 35.7%. Uh, his fly ball rate. This is the, the biggest problem when it comes to Jose Ramirez. 49.6% those first three months of the season. Jose Ramirez is a fantastic hitter. The problem is he was trying too hard to hit home runs last year. So he was lifting the ball nearly 50% of the time. Uh, the hard contact is down, and you saw it. He was pressing too much at the plate. He was trying to become a home run hitter. Jose, just be the player that you are. That's all we want you to be, and you're going to be fantastic. And that's what we saw for the final three months of the season. Yes, he dealt with an injury, but from July 1st on, a 321 batting average. We saw the walk rate come down to 6%. The strikeout rate go up a little bit to 15%. He was being more aggressive at the plate, but with that, 18 home runs the rest of the way, 53 RBI the rest of the way, six stolen bases, a 48% hard contact rate, and he lowered the fly balls from nearly 50% all the way down to 41%. Some players are not meant to lift the ball 
that much, a near 50% fly ball rate. Someone like Joey Gallo, sure, that's a massive human being, being a mammoth of a man. He can lift the ball as much as he wants, and he's going to end up hitting 50 home runs if he can ever stay healthy. Jose Ramirez, not the same type of player that a Joey Gallo is. So we saw the fly ball rate come back a little bit. The line drives go up to 24%. Uh, and because of all of that, the home run to fly ball ratio we see over the final three months of the season with Jose Ramirez, 27%. I am buying Jose Ramirez as a bounce-back candidate. Uh, and it looks like the rest of the fan graphs projections are as well. They have him projected for uh, between 30 and 31 home runs, uh, right around 90 runs scored, right around 100 RBI, uh, and between 23 and 27 stolen bases with a 275-ish batting average. If you get 275, 30 home runs, 25 steals, uh, and 90-plus runs, 90-plus RBIs, uh, that is a first-round player in Jose Ramirez, so I think he can get back to those numbers. I am buying the bounce back when it comes to Jose Ramirez. Somebody on the list that I am not buying the bounce back for, that is Andrew Benintendi, and I'll tell you why. I was not an Andrew Benintendi guy last year. Uh, I thought that he was being overvalued. Everyone was expecting him to take that next step, uh, and what I looked at with Andrew Benintendi was someone that struggles mightily against left-handed pitching, and you had to take him in that second, sometimes third-round range. He'll slip into the third round. Uh, obviously plays in a great lineup. Obviously no more uh, Mookie Betts there, we assume, if that trade can ever go through. Uh, but that means Benintendi's either going to lead off or he's going to bat somewhere in the middle of this Red Sox lineup. The problem is his ADP this upcoming season is still high-ish. It's not as high as it was last year, nowhere near that. But 114... If you told me that he dropped down to the 170, 175 range, someone like Chris Davis, right? If he dropped down that far, maybe you can pique my interest a little bit. But we're looking at a juiced ball season last year where Andrew Benintendi had 13 home runs. 13 home runs with the juiced ball, 72 runs scored, 68 RBI. His stolen base attempts went from 24 in 2018 to just 13 stolen base attempts last year in 2019. So the power is down across the board. He wasn't making as much contact. The strikeout rate, a career-high 22.8% for Andrew Benintendi last season. So the numbers just come down across the board. So I understand why you, know, you might see a buying opportunity this year. Because again, he was a third-round pick last year. Now you're getting him going outside the top 100. And the one thing that I did like was that he did make massive improvements against left-handed pitching uh, last year. Someone who typically struggled big time against lefties in his career was Andrew Benintendi. Uh, and then we saw in 2019, uh, he really did get better. A 269 batting average, a 796 OPS uh, against left-handed pitching last year. So if you wanted to hang your hat on something, he did get better uh, against left-handed pitching. So... You don't have to worry about He's never going to platoon anyway. Uh, but you do uh, see that as something that can raise his value this upcoming season overall. Uh, but still, I, I think that we're kind of latching on to the hope that Andrew Benintendi can become this like 25 home run, 25 stolen base type player. I just don't think it's ever going to happen. Uh, I'm not buying the dip when it comes to Andrew Benintendi uh, in 2020. Another name I, I've, I've seen people talk about. A lot on Twitter, the fantasy baseball industry, and maybe I'll have to ask Matt Modiga about this in hour two as well, because I know he is someone that's actually been advocating for Chris Archer of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, my buddy Michael Florio has been advocating for Chris Archer as well, and I get it. He's basically free, 271 ADP, but I actually had a decent amount of Chris Archer last year. Um, 
And they do have a new manager in Derek Shelton. They have a new pitching coach in Oscar Marin. Ray Searich is no longer with the team uh, with the Pittsburgh Pirates here. And Ray Searich did a great job with reclamation projects in the past. The problem is his philosophy in terms of pitch usage. He always had his pitchers throw a lot of fastballs. The reason why that does not work with Chris Archer is because for about four seasons now, Chris Archer has had one of the worst fastballs in all of baseball. He doesn't have good command to begin with, so he can't place the fastball exactly where he wants it to go. He does have a phenomenal slider. He's never been able to develop the third pitch, uh, the changeup. He's talked about it you know, every offseason, every spring training. You'll hear from Chris Archer that he's developing the changeup, developing the third pitch, and it hasn't happened. Um, when it comes to Archer here, I just think that we have enough data that it's not going to happen. Look at the ERAs. Four seasons in a row. 402, 407, 431. Last year, really hit rock bottom. A 519, 519 uh, ERA for Chris Archer. The whips are always going to be high because he walks way too many batters. Um, the strikeouts are there. There's no doubt about that. But, again, somebody who does does not have great command of the fastball. Uh, and maybe they change the pitch usage a little bit with a new manager in there, with a new pitching coach, and maybe they lower that, that fastball usage, and uh, maybe he just throws his slider as much as someone like Patrick Corbin throws his slider. And, you know, maybe that's uh, maybe that is the, the way that we get Chris Archer uh, reaching his uh, potential and getting back to the pitcher he was, you know, five, six years ago. Uh, but even at ADP 271, I cannot get behind Chris Archer. I think there are a few other pitchers in that range that have some upside as well. All right, we're going to take a break here. Coming up in hour two, uh, Craig Mish is gone. I'm going to take over here. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about James Paxton, the injury that he suffered, uh, what's going to happen in the Yankees rotation while he is out. We'll do all of that coming up second hour, Fantasy Sports Today here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. <laughs> 